feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby Show. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Fulton County DA in Georgia, Fannie Willis. Well, it was one for the record books. I've been glued all day long watching her testimony, and it has been stunning. First off, of course, we heard from her lover, Nathan Wade. Now that is not in dispute. They both said that they did have a relationship. And boy, we learned a lot more about their relationship than we'd ever want to know. And this was really like a soap opera. I mean, I feel like I have watched a, a something between, I don't know, maybe Archie Bunker and the Dynasty and a kind of a combination of a whole bunch of the shows through the years because there was screaming and ranting. And then there was talk about caviar and all these luxurious different locations. Boy, it was one for the record books. And it all started because Nathan Wade, this is, of course, the special prosecutor that Fannie Willis appointed. First, he gets called to the stand. And I just have to say, I was watching all day long. I was like, I don't believe either one of them. It, to me, seemed like a bunch of hogwash from beginning to end. I mean, it was like, ah, yes, I took her out, but whenever she reimbursed me because they don't want to look like they commingled funds that he got paid from, of course, the state, because that's a no-no. Well, no, she paid me in cash. So did you make a deposit? Oh, no, no, no. I just kind of walk around or I stash it in my apartment. I mean, these people, their stories are so unbelievable. And I think tonight it's safe to say that that case is unraveling. And it is unraveling because of Fannie Willis and also Nathan Wade and a lot of questions about their ethics. I think the case from the get-go was extremely thin because, remember, it rests on President Trump then calling the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffsenberger, and saying, can you find me these votes? President Trump says, listen, I was just saying, find the votes because I believe they were there. As the president of the United States, I want free and fair elections. So that's his argument. And their argument was he was manipulating the system. So there are so many questions here. And if you're going to go after the former president of the United States, you better have a lock-solid case. And this case was weak to begin with. And now we know it is so politically charged. And just on the appearance alone, the fact that you ended up hiring this guy that is your boyfriend, whatever Fannie Willis wants to call him, we're going to get into that too. But this was like, this was Bill Clinton. Remember when Bill Clinton, when the whole impeachment stuff was happening with him? It's the definition of what is is. It was the definition of what is dating? What is this? What is that? And I don't believe either one of them. He looked sweaty. He was drinking water like a fish. Remember when Marco Rubio was drinking it all the time and he was doing the rebuttal, remember, for the GOP and everybody was making fun of him? This guy 
looked like a fountain compared to Marco Rubio when he was sipping all the water that time. This guy was like sweating all over the place. It was like, uh, 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 uh. And then, you know, he had this little grin on his face, like this uh, sort of too smooth, too cool for school face. There was just something about the whole thing that was just so unbelievable that these are the people who are in charge of going after the former president of the United States and all these other defendants in a RICO case, too, which is used for mobs. So the case was absurd to begin with. And then the stakes got higher. So he's there. But before him, they have the blockbuster witness, and that is a friend of Fannie Willis. Now, this is a good friend because she moved into her place. She even said, yeah, they knew each other for years upon years upon years. And the friend even said, they're lying because the issue is when did the relationship start? Did it start after she hired Nathan Wade, right? Did she have the relationship? Did she hire him and then have the relationship So, in other words, she wasn't, quote, hiring her lover, if you will. And at what point did they have a relationship? Well, they both claim it happened after he was appointed as the prosecutor in this case. He's getting paid a lot more money than the ones who are much more qualified than he is. So there's a lot of issues. Taking her on vacation. That's why the commingling of funds is a big deal. But the whole thing was just so wild from the get-go. And the friend was like, nah, I saw them hanging out and huggy kissy well before they claim publicly and in a court document, which is penalty of perjury, where they say this is when the relationship started. So there's a lot to get into tonight. I cannot wait to get your thoughts because to me, it was fascinating. It continues tomorrow. And it all started, of course, I think the key moment of the day was when Fannie Willis walks in because they're arguing. They're trying to quash her from not having to testify. So they're saying, our client doesn't need to testify. You just heard from Nathan Wade. He's got this. She doesn't have anything refuting, da-da-da-da-da. So they're fighting and saying, no, she needs to testify. And then, in like a scene out of a movie, she storms into the courtroom and says, here I am. I'm ready to testify and looks at her attorney like, no, 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 don't try to fight this. I'm getting on the stand. It was one for the record books. This is like, I can't wait to watch Saturday Night Live this weekend because this is like, this is like script material over and over and over again. Comes in her little hot pink suit and says, I'm testifying and you're lying. But here she is stepping up to testify today. And boy, it was dramatic. Anybody. And then she's changing it. She files her financial declarations, same problems. We need her in here to go over all of this and to explain exactly what happened. So we would ask the court uh, that, the, that, the, that the, the court allow Ms. Willis to be called and interrogated uh, on these matters. And I would to your honor. Just a moment, Ms. Willis. Uh, so... Ms. Cross, I don't know if you want to speak with Ms. Willis now. It's sounding like maybe they're withdrawing the objection to the motion. I believe the motion to... Um, or, or does Ms. Willis want to take the lead here? We'll withdraw the motion to quash Ms. Willis. Based on the will. I'll make Okay. So the um, position of the district attorney at this point is that she's no longer uh, contesting the subpoena. Ms. Mershon has called her as the next witness. I would ask, um, I need three documents in front of me, and they're the three filings of Ms. Merchant. Three 
And they're like, whoa, okay, I'm taking the stand. And then she immediately went after the attorney. She went after the prosecutors who are asking her questions. Remember, she and her relationship with this guy, which looks so bad and should automatically disqualify them just on the appearance of conflict of interest. That's the standard for disqualifying prosecutors. If there's an appearance, it doesn't even have to be a conflict of interest. I contend there's a conflict of interest, but I'll even give her the benefit of the doubt, even an appearance. And it was appearance times 5,000 today. It was surreal. So she gets on the stand and then she starts pointing at the prosecutor and going after her. Listen to this. Take a listen. Um, Did you listen to any arguments? I did hear the the arguments this morning. It's ridiculous to me that the... You lied on Monday, and yet here we still are. And I did listen to that argument. Um. Um, all right, so that was it, just the argument, no testimony. All right, I listened to the argument this morning where Adam Abadi, I thought, did an excellent job pointing out how dishonest you were with the court on Monday. And um, I'm actually surprised that the hearing continued. But since it did, here I am. Here I am. And it got worse from there. Listen to this. She's on the stand and she's pointing to the opposing attorney and going, they're going back and forth. Listen to this. Um, So let's talk about, first, let's just talk about what you did in preparation for today. Um, Did you meet with Mr. Wade at all? Once Once the motion was filed, did you meet with Mr. Wade and talk to him about the motion that I filed to disqualify you? On January, this first January motion? Yes. I don't know if you could say talked about. Um, I probably had some choice words about some of the things that you said that were dishonest within this motion. So I don't know that it was a conversation. As you know, Mr. Wade is a Southern gentleman. Me, not so much. Okay, but my question was, did you have a conversation with him? I didn't have a substantive conversation. You did not? I read this motion, skimmed it more so, and um, I've probably said some choice things to him about some of the lies they were told okay, and then printed in the media because, you know, we used to be in a day and time where you had 60 minutes and people did stories and they verified information um, and you had this great reporting. But it seems today that a lawyer writes a lie and then it's printed for all of the world to see. Well, I just want to make sure that you answer the question I asked, though. So my question was... Overruled, Mr. Abadi. I told you what happened. I read the motion. I am sure I've told him what my opinion of it is. And past that, we had no substantive conversation. You did not. Is there Um, something you didn't understand? No, I just wanted to make sure that that you did not have a meeting with him in the conference room to discuss the motion. Next question, Ms. Merger. So in in the conference room of my office, within this week, you produced some financial document. That financial document was given to me some... Thing, and I'm not even sure who was giving it to him by me or Mr. Abadi gave it to me. Um, and I think he showed me a document in our conference room. But as far as a substantive conversation, I would not have, I don't believe I've had any conversation with him that is substantive related to this. Okay. Um, I have had conversations with him um, since you filed the motion, but they wouldn't be substantive to this. He sent me uh, very nice uh, sermons that that have been done. And so we've had conversations about, did you listen to that sermon? 
you know, things of that nature. And I would say they were in relationship to this because I think he did it to be kind. Because her lover is a Southern gentleman. <laughs> That's one for the record. He's a Southern gentleman. Now I went to school in the South. Um, and this was a different breed of Southern gentleman that I saw on the stand today. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's talk to a real Southern gentleman. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Mike, uh, what, do, what do you make of the Southern gentleman line, Mike? <laughs> you know, I swear to God, uh, Rita. Oh, thanks. I'm trying to find find my accent now because I'm in South Kakalaki. Um, <laughs> He's a Southern gentleman, just like yeah. Gone with the Wind. You know, <laughs> poor old Fanny. You know, I mean, you can't make it no, up, no. Mike. <laughs> no, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. You know, it's like, oh my god. Oh, you know, I was watching it yesterday after my, a light lunch, and I couldn't believe it. My jaw dropped. And then, you know, Wade, uh, he was sweating bullets. Yeah, he was sweating. Like, it was like the River Nile was coming out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as she, she couldn't wait to get into that courtroom, I'm watching her, and I'm, I'm watching it on Fox, you know. And then she just, like, like a bull in a china shop. I can't wait to get on a chair. And one of the one of the one of the reporters on Fox saying, uh, "Oh my God, she's going up there." And she had a little bit of junk in the trunk. You know, she was moving. Yeah, she sure. And by yeah. the way, you know what's interesting, Mike? I think the reason she took the stand. Here's my theory. What do you think? I think the reason was she knew he did so badly because she came in and said, "Oh, I heard that that he just got off." And and he's such a southern gentleman kind of thing, like and like I'm gonna really like I'm gonna take control of this. In other words, she knew his case was he was not good on the stand, and it was falling apart. And she's kind of like Fanny to the rescue, if you will, you know. Fanny to the rescue, and he was like uh, he was like Rob Grandin on the honeymooners, you know, hamada 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 hamada, uh, you know. Give me a break. And then, you know, the bills and everything. Oh, no. Well, no. I uh, She paid me back in cash. And, oh, I don't save my receipts on this. What? But, but, he this uses, but he used his corporate credit card. That was the other thing, too, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. He uses his corporate credit card for everything, and he just gives it to an accountant to separate, you know, and the accountant's <laughs> magically to understand, you know, what's business, what's pleasure. And then we're supposed oh. to lead to believe that she's walking around with, like, 10 Gs on her and, like, reimbursing yeah. <laughs> them every time, you know? I mean, this is, like, what kind of relationship is this? This is, like, a scene out of, like, good fellas or something you know that's right you know it, it is a scene out of good fellows and she just had the body language and the whole thing i'm looking at it you can see the steam coming literally coming out of her ears and there she goes with a double you know a quick double step up to the uh, chair and yeah and then she points all over the place and then she points at the <laughs> at the opposing attorney that was a class she's like you you are the, oh. you know it's like wait a minute She's the one on the stand, but she is like totally like, you know, this is like payback time in her mind, you know, but then she didn't say anything. I didn't hear anything that really helped her case. I mean, I think they're in trouble. And if I'm that judge, the judge, you know, we'll see if he decides tomorrow. More likely, I think he's going to do a written opinion, which may mean a few days. But if I'm the judge, I'm going to be like, are you kidding me? It 
just even on the, quote, appearance of it. That's the standard. If there's an appearance of conflict, they should be disqualified. And they should have actually not have even engaged it. They should have recused themselves from the very beginning. She should have said, no, I'm not going to appoint this person who I'm friends with or I'm boyfriend, girlfriend. Clearly, there was a lot more, I think, based on what I heard um, and based on what the witness said, too. I mean, I thought it was damning today. Uh, We'll continue after the break. Mike, it's always great to talk to a Southern gentleman. That's the way to kick off my night. So thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it, Mike. We're going to continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. What did you think of Fannie Willis? Is this one for the record books, guys? The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are taking your calls about the incredible testimony of Fannie Willis and her lover, Nathan Wade. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave and Comac. Line two. Dave, your thoughts. Uh, this is totally irrelevant, Rita. I don't even know why you're broadcasting this on ABC Radio. The judge in this case is going to do nothing. I it disagree. Has absolutely nothing to do with the evidence that's going to be presented in this case. Is going to he's going to say I don't want to hear about this. The All right. All right. So, Dave, 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 facts. Dave. All right. The facts are you don't hire someone who you're having a romantic relationship with. Pay them more than the other DAs in the office. And then go on trips with him, which could be local money. It could be the funds were used to go on their lavish vacations. That is a conflict of interest, and it goes to integrity and ethics. So he's probably going to boot him. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And this Back the Blue segment is sponsored by GoyaCares.com because you are a precious gift from God. And this powerful story coming from Carrollton, Georgia, where the National Life Group recently announced that Carrollton Police Department Sergeant Rob Holloway is a winner of the 2023 Do Good Heroes Award, which is sponsored by the National Life Group Foundation. This is a brand new award program honoring fire, rescue, and police personnel in departments who perform community service activities above and beyond their public safety duties. Holloway has partnered with the Fraternal Order of Police to raise funds for their fundraising efforts and which range really from getting money for an officer with cancer to delivering turkey boxes at Thanksgiving. Holloway also speaks at monthly rallies held by the Fellowship Christian Athletes to help educate the youth. And in the summer, he volunteers at police camps for children to educate them on what a police officer does. 
He was also guest speaker at the Citizen Council Police Academy graduation. He is always giving back and trying to be a bridge between the community and policing. And as a Do Good Heroes Award winner, Sergeant Holloway will receive $500 to donate to a nonprofit of his choice. And what a beautiful story about those who honor policing and someone who has walked the walk. Of course, Carrollton Police Department there in Georgia, Sergeant Rob Holloway. What a beautiful story. Well, we were talking about Fannie Willis, who testified today. She is the Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney. And of course, what makes it so powerful is she is the one who has the big RICO case, the election Georgia case, against Trump and all those co-defendants. And everybody said, wow, this is over the top. She campaigned on going after Trump, just kind of like what we saw in New York. And here it is. She lays out the full case, right? So now there are questions about her ethics. Now, Dave from Comex said, oh, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Because guess what? If she was seeing this man, and I contend if they had like even an interest in each other, but maybe didn't, that could also spark that it wasn't professional. Why did she pick this guy? Why was he paid more? People still don't know. He didn't really have the background. There was a lead sort of prosecutor in the community there whose expertise was RICO cases, which is what this is. And he was getting paid a lot less than the guy who was having the affair with Bonnie Willis. And the only reason we found out about it is it was in a divorce filing. The wife was like, wait a minute, uh, he was cheating on me with Fonnie, and this is what happened, and maybe some of the money went to Fonnie and the other, and it raised all the red flags. And they contended at first there wasn't any relationship. Then it came out that they did have it, but it didn't start until after he was hired. Now, they're making a distinction that he was hired, and then suddenly, you know, the birds flew and the rainbow came out and they had the relationship. So that's what they're trying to prove on the stand, that no, nothing happened before that. It all happened afterwards. So it was all above board when she picked him and was paying him all this exorbitant amount of money. And also all these trips that he went on, all these lavish trips that he somehow had to take her on, too, and where she claimed she paid him back with cash, with no receipts, no reference, no way able to describe it, other than I paid him back with cash. There's no proof. We have no way to back up her claims and his claims that she paid him back in cash. All of this just sounds so hard to believe. It's just, it was a soap opera. And it does go to the integrity of this woman who's going after the former president of the United States and maybe the future president of the United States. He is the leading GOP candidate right now. And the best you got is uh, Nathan Wade, who is sweating all over the place, drinking water like a fish, and they can't seem to keep their stories straight, or the stories are just so unbelievable. And everybody was sort of shaking their head today. But boy, it was definitely drama. Uh, I'll give them that. So first off, let's go to the timeline because that is a big deal. They talk about the timeline of when he got hired and when the relationship began. Now, first off, he files for divorce, get this, on November 2nd, 2021. That is the day after he is hired by D.A. Fonnie Willis to take on the case of his life. Again, at a higher rate per hour, which equates to a lot more money after all the hours that go into a case like this than other people. So the big date is, again, 
of course, November 2021. So listen to when Fannie Willis was forced to testify. And then again, remember, she came in all dramatically uh, and said, oh, I got to come. I I think it was clean up in aisle seven because she saw how bad Nathan Wade did. But so she comes in and here's how she describes the relationship and when it started. Listen to this. I'm asking you whether to November 1st of 2021, there was a romantic relationship with Mr. Wade. It's very simple. It's either a yes or a no. I don't consider my relationship with him to be romantic before that. I'm not a hand holder, so no. I'm not a hand holder, so we know she's not a hand holder. She know, we know he's a Southern gentleman, okay? That's what we got so far. And now here has, here's Nathan Wade describing the time frame. Get this. When did your romantic relationship with Miss Willis begin? 2022. When? 2022 early 2022 so you were appointed in november of 2021 yes ma'am and your relationship started early what's early january february around march so i guess he's not a handholder either right okay so then he was asked about this timing wait this sounds awfully fishy you happen to be filing for divorce on november 2nd You get appointed to the case of your life, one of the biggest cases in American history, a guy with no experience, basically, in this arena, getting paid a lot more than someone who does have it in the same office. And magically, isn't it interesting, the day before you get hired for that case and the next day you happen to file for divorce. But that's just all coincidence. Listen to this one. The question why you waited until November 2nd, the day after you were hired, by Miss Willis to file for divorce? I, I can. Okay. So, uh, again, Joycelyn had relocated to Texas, and she had been in Texas for months. She was only here for a brief period of time to drive my daughter's car back with her. And when she came here to do that, I was able to then get her served. Okay, so your answer as to why you waited until the day after you were hired by Ms. Willis, on, which would be November 1st, 2021, to file the complaint for the divorce on November 2nd, 2021, your testimony under oath is because your she was wife here. was here, was here, but had not been here in October, had not been here in September, had not been here in, Oct- in August of 2021. She, she had been in Texas taking care of her a- ailing mother so and your testimony, an aging father. So the first opportunity that I had after <clears throat> speaking with my lawyers to take care of that was the date it was filed and served because she happened to be here. It had nothing to do with, that was purely coincidental, that contract. And then he was forced to fess up that she had been back and forth quite a bit before that. And then he also, then it got into like, did you have a relationship with her when you were married? Uh, No, I didn't. And then they said, wait, wait, wait. You're saying now you had a relationship here. You're still married at that time. Oh yeah, but I didn't really mean I was married. I had sort of a, you know, my wife and I had a falling out, so I don't really consider it marriage. It was like word salad safari. 
And then, here is the bombshell. This is the friend of Fannie Willis, of course, the DA. Now, to go give some perspective, Fannie said she had to move. So she moved into another place. She moves into the place that this friend gives her, right? And she's paying her lease. They were friends for years upon years upon years. They'd see each other all the time. And here's the friend who was put under oath today. And take a listen to what she said. This refuted everything and blew the testimony out of the water. For what personal and romantic is later. When I ask you personal, do you take that to mean romantic? Yes. And do you understand it, that their relationship began in 2019 and continued until the last time you spoke with her? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And then they said, well, what do you mean by romantic? How do you know it was romantic? They were hugging. They were kissing in front of me. She says that Willis also told her that they had been together for some time. And that was already in 2019, I think, at that time when she made the statement. But she says for sure, 2019, they were romantic. 2020, they were romantic. And for some reason, they did everything in cash, kept it all private, and here we are today. And we're supposed to believe he just happens to file for divorce after she appoints him on this case, and then they travel all over the world, but it doesn't have to do with taxpayer money, and there's no conflict of interest whatsoever. He's just the most qualified person, most Southern gentleman she knows. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This was completely unbelievable. It was the biggest bunch of hogwash I have ever seen. And this judge, contrary to what David Comack was just saying, this judge, I think, will disqualify the both of them. That doesn't mean the case will get thrown out. It may mean that somebody else gets appointed. I can't see how he could keep either one of these people In this case, they clearly are not representing, I believe, all the facts to the case. Uh, I didn't believe either one of them. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra, your thoughts about today's drama? Well, first of all, you covered the whole thing so, so great. I mean, you covered the whole thing. So, you know, what I want to say is she came in today really gung-ho, like, I'm going to clear my name. I found her very disrespectful to the court. I've never seen anyone behave like that before. I just took a lot of little notes. I thought her friend was very credible, and I think she called her a disgruntled employee, but I think she was very honest in what she said to uh, the court. I think that she wore a pink dress to make us think she's very much like an angel, but she's just the opposite. And then when she talked about you have to have six months of your rent in your apartment. I said to myself, oh, my God, how am I going to, how do you get that even? You go to the bank and you say, can I have that amount of money, please? I mean, so that's so foreign to me because I, I never knew that, that you should have six months rent in your apartment. And, like, where do you keep, I don't know. And no, then no but, like, but actually, by the way, Sandra, it gets better because she said that she always has usually six months with her. But then she said, it's wherever I put my head. That was an interesting line. Like, in other words, she, like, walks around 
Like, you know how, like, uh, the pre- you know, the president maybe walks around with the nuclear codes. She walks around with, what, a case full of, like, $100 bills? I mean, it, like, she made it sound like she said, like, doesn't leave it at a house, that it travels with her when she carries the money around, whatever the I amount know. is. You know, it was different amounts I heard at different times, but that she carries a whole bunch around with her. And then the other guy said that he puts the cash somewhere in his house. But then he said, no, uh, no, I'm not saying that. You know, I mean, it was like they just kept like it was like a scene. Out. Did you see his little smile, too? It was like I was ready for like uh, Luther Vandross music to go on in the background. You know, it was it was one for the record books. He's too much. Then she's saying, oh, don't yell at me and don't talk to me like that. And uh, I found her to be narcissistic and I found her to have delusions of grandeur sometimes. And I I just. uh and then that Nathan, he's a wise guy, too. I found him chuckling at times, acting like he's the smartest guy in the room there. I mean, those two, let me tell you, they're one, they're one good pair. They're good for each other, perfect for each other. But not, not the Donald Trump. I want them. And I don't even think, the, I hope you're right about the judge, because I found that he was letting her get away with a lot. I mean, I don't think another judge would have tolerated the way she was behaving. I I. Yeah, I think think he was trying to give her rope because he felt like, okay, she came on her own volition. Remember that she kind of removed, you know, the barriers to it. And then she walks in in this dramatic moment. She is the D.A. as much as uh, she seemed loony kazoony. But despite all of that, I think he thought, okay, let's give her the respect of a D.A., and let's at least let her talk. Let's let her do wherever she goes. You know, she's a right to say whatever she wants to say, as kooky as it is. Um, right. and, but I want to play this one part. Sandra, stick with me if we could. I want to play. This is her uh, talking about when they said um, that she was a hostile witness or she said it. Take a listen. This was one of these moments that I'm sure you saw here. 2019 judges conference. We haven't gotten to the point where Ms. Willis should be treated hostile. I think we. I'm very much want to be here, so I'm not a hostile witness. I very much want to be. Not so much that you're hostile, Ms. Willis. It'd be an adverse witness. Your interests are opposed to Ms. Merchant's. Thank you. Merchant's interests are are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. Ah, so she was taking barbs. I th- I found her totally disrespectful to the process. Didn't you think it like a like she's above reproach, Sandra? Yeah. When when they said that to her, I wrote down in my notes, "Wow, I don't like her." You know, she's talking about me being a hostile. I'm not hostile. She's saying I thought she was losing it. I thought that she was lecturing everyone a lot. I, I, I a lot of things that I felt about her. She's. I, I really feel sorry for Donald Trump that she has to he has to deal with this Looney Tune. But she but I'm afraid I have to tell you, she sometimes sometimes I felt like she got more. She intimidated Ashley uh, Martin sometimes I felt a little bit even. And I loved how she did today, Ashley, didn't you? Yeah, I thought she was great. And I thought also the Steve Sato guy, the other attorney, I thought he was great, too. And 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 I think they were also letting her I think they were surprised. You know what I think, Sandra? I think they didn't think that she would necessarily take the stand today or that it would be a battle back and forth. I think they were floored when she suddenly kind of walked in this dramatic moment, like, I'm here, I'm ready to testify. And I think she did it, too, so she could tell everybody, look, I didn't fight. I came willingly. I, you know, I did this. I did this. I have nothing to hide. So I think part of it was that. And I think the other thing is she realized uh, good old Nathan Wade 
the Southern gentleman uh, didn't do so well in the morning and she needed to do a little bit of cleanup, too. But um, boy, it was it was I find her. Yeah, I found her very abrasive and very like uh, arrogant and, and just completely disrespectful to the process. I agree. I think those were good words you picked there, Sandra. Thanks so much. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Did you see Fannie Willis? And what do you think is going to happen with the case from here? Will she be disqualified? And could the case be thrown out? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, remember those migrants, the ones who were beating up the cops. Remember in Times Square, the whole world saw that horrible videotape. Well, it turns out one of the migrants, the one, the only one that was really being held, and he was being held on $15,000 bail, suddenly the bail gets posted. Everyone's like, how did a migrant who's living in a shelter who came here illegally from Venezuela 24-year-old guy, how did he get out? Who paid the $15,000? Turns out it is a local church that paid the money. Are you kidding me? A local church puts up the $15,000 bail for this guy who you see on video. This is the leader of the group, the guy with the yellow jacket who has started the whole thing and punching the cops and the one who's kicking the whole thing. Who would ever bail out? a criminal like that, a repeat offender too. So it's not like, oh, maybe he's misunderstood. We see it all on videotape. We're going to talk about that. I find it reprehensible. And also more on this dramatic taping, of course, with Fanny Willis today and part two is going to be tomorrow. Where do you think this is headed? Plus, we have new details on that major security threat that now all the members of Congress have been able to see When reporters have asked about this, this is the leak that came from Congressman Mike Turner, head of Intel. A lot of people said that the members of Congress look like ghosts because they are very worried. Earlier today, we talked with Congressman Michael Waltz, and he called it a grave and very serious threat. So we're going to get into that and a lot more. Uh, Let's go to Joaquin real quick, Pennsylvania. Joaquin, your thoughts. Okay, Rita, I want to quick tell you my anniversary, I mean, uh, Valentine's Day story. So every year, my wife, she loves the chocolate-covered strawberries, right? You do too, right? I do. Anyway, so she kept reminding me every day, you know, you got to get the, the, uh, the strawberries. You got to get the strawberries. And I was someplace, and uh, so I got the strawberries on Monday. And I heard on the radio that Tuesday's Mistress Day. So I told my wife, she called me, I said, she went to remind me, I said, Hunt, it's Mistress Day today. Your presence, she didn't hear the rest of it. She flipped out. She started going, you have a mistress? <laughs> That's a good one, Joaquin. 